0: Hello and welcome to Spotlight On. I'm your host, Lawrence Purrier. Today the spotlight is on Laura Hutfliss. Laura is a co-founding partner of Flightview a Nashville-based entertainment marketing agency that connects brands to consumers through storytelling, experiences, and the authentic power of music. Laura shares stories of navigating her company and her clients through a tumultuous 2020 and explains to us how she helps brands and entertainers tap into the power of good. Enjoy our conversation. Where are you? Uh, Are you working from the office at this point? Are you at home?
1: No, we're all working from remote locations now. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, you know, we're, we have the privilege of doing that. Uh, we're able to do that as a company and, uh, yeah, we'll figure out how that looks in the next few weeks, but right now we're seem to be doing okay.
0: And during normal times, do you have an office or are you remote employees?
1: No, we have offices, uh, in Nashville and, uh, Austin. So, uh, Everyone is based in in Nashville now, uh, and so we work in the Gulch.
0: Gotcha. Oh, that's fun. That's very great. Um, So I think what I'd love to do, if it's okay, is I'd love to roll back maybe 90 or 100 days or so and uh, really talk about, um, you know, the impact of all the different (laughs) societal events of the last three or so months um, on your business. But I, I was hoping we could start with maybe um, if you could level set a little bit and tell our listeners what Flight View is and what you all are up to in normal times.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the same thing that we're up to now, actually, uh, is what we do. So we're an entertainment marketing agency and we help brands uh, integrate into pop culture. And that looks differently for every client. Uh, so it can be a scalable, repeatable entertainment platform in music that we're building for them. Uh, It could be a content series, Uh, it could be a series of events at this point, virtual virtual events, Um, and it could be alignments or integrations and award shows, TV shows, we've done Super Bowl campaigns, really helping brands understand, uh, well, actually helping them understand what their voice is and how they need to then integrate into the conversation. Mm
0: -hmm. And how much of that work around, especially sort of the voice identification or the finding the right voice, Mm -hmm. how much of that um, is about process on your end? Like, do you have um, something you would consider a proprietary process or a playbook that you run to to, to sort of draw that out?
1: Yeah, we do have a two-phase process that we work through with all new clients. And the first phase really focuses on understanding the client, their goals, their objectives, their products, the industry that they're in. My favorite part of this job is learning. So that's the most exciting piece for me. Um, And so once we go through that, what we call onboarding process, then we're able to then craft programs and strategies specific to them that are authentic to their brand and their consumer. So I always challenge my team with if, if we've created a program that you could perhaps slap another brand onto it and it wouldn't change the program or the messaging, then we haven't created an effective program. Um, it has to be unique to the client.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And I, I, you used the word very quickly that I figured we'd get to, I would, I would imagine that that's the, the keystone of any, any, certainly any successful campaign, but it has to be the thing you're, you're looking for um, to create that resonance.
1: Yeah, sadly, I think that term has turned into a buzzword (laughs) that everyone likes to use. Uh, But if you really dive in, it is the most important thing, but it takes time to really understand that and create it. Um, You don't just align with a celebrity and think it's authentic. Like you've really got to dive in and understand who you are, what you stand for, your why, your purpose, and then find the right storytellers who align on all of those metrics.
0: Yeah. So can we talk for a quick second about maybe a couple of um, illustrative campaigns that that sort of represent the best of what you do or maybe something you were most excited about in in the pre-COVID world? What would be maybe a couple of campaigns listeners might have encountered?
1: Yeah. Well, something that people might not know about our agency is that everything we do, there's a give back component or there's a culture changing component to it. It's the reason why my partner and I started the agency five years ago. We wanted to change the world. Um, and we knew that pop culture had the ability to do that. Um, and brands have the funding and the voice and the reach to come alongside and affect change as well. So uh, looking at the programs that I'm most proud of, it's the programs that really we have affected culture in some way. Um, I'll give a few examples. The biggest one that most people see or if you Google search us will probably pop up uh, is the Super Bowl program we did for Bumble. Um, It was the first female led Super Bowl campaign in a male dominated Sporting event, and that ad was the most engaged ad on Facebook, which is the stat that we were trying to reach um, with a female lead, female lead of color, Serena Williams, um, and an all female cast, crew, creatives, etc. So that I was really proud of, and that came together in eight weeks. So to pull that together very quickly was uh, a feat in and of itself. Um, Another program again for Bumble, a purpose-driven company, um, was a program that we did called Empowered by Bumble. We partnered with C3. um, They're an organization that has several festivals. We learned that only 14% of uh, performers at festivals are women. And that was unacceptable, especially for Bumble, that's a female-first brand. And so instead of coming into the festival space with a pop-up or some interactive consumer experience, we brokered a partnership where they C3 committed uh, to not only mentoring and uh, really working with artists to um, help build up uh, emerging female talent, but also committing to additional stages um, and performance slots for those women. Um, and so changing that percentage so it's 50-50. Uh, And so that's a program I'm really proud of, to give women more opportunity, uh, those performance slots that are really hard to come by. There's other programs we've done. Um, Another program that we did was Cracker Barrel, uh, Five Decades, One Voice. Um, And that's a program, again, where women are underrepresented in country music specifically. And so we paired uh, known female talent with uh, emerging artists to perform music and the known female talent would perform a song by the emerging artist to help bring awareness to that emerging talent. Um, we created videos. Uh, it was a massive campaign that was picked up in Good Morning America and Today Show and integrations of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and it it became one of the most successful campaigns we've ever uh, created with the brand but really gave women a voice in music. So I'm really proud of our campaigns that uh, that yes, they deliver on the objectives, awareness and sales and engagement and all the typical metrics, but we always as an agency add that last metric, which is, is this changing culture? Is this leaving a positive footprint?
0: That's incredible. Um, I don't think I was fully aware about that element to your business. And um, that's maybe something I'd like to explore more in a couple of minutes. Um, I I think I have a sort of, some more nerdy questions about that. Um, How does the campaign, Come together in terms of um, sort of finding the social objective it does the does the brand bring it to you I don't know if there's if there's a campaign you'd be familiar you'd be comfortable sort of dissecting a little bit and just taking us through how how the various marketing objectives and the sort of social impact objectives align I, I'd love to hear that story
1: yeah well, the brand has to stand for something. And I would start with every every brand used, especially these days, they need to have a purpose. It is no longer a nice to have, it is a must have. Uh, and so the, our clients, they know by working with us that that is a requirement. Uh, and so I would say all of our clients have a purpose statement and a mission. That's where we start. I'll give the example of enterprise. Um, You've probably heard of their tagline, could you say it off the top of your head enterprise? We'll pick you up.
0: Oh, we'll pick you up. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: Everyone always Recognizes it when you hear it. Um, I'm still
0: having my second cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: okay, oh, That will pick you up too. So <laughs> that's good. Uh, oh, good. So, so enterprise tagline, you've probably heard it, seen it in commercials. Yeah. Um, it's not just about picking people up in cars. It's about picking people up with hospitality and kindness, and that is their brand differentiator. So as we learned that in the onboard, we started thinking, how do we build a program in music, which is where they needed to be? Uh, how do we build a program that picks people up? Um, and how do we encourage consumers to pick others up by engaging in this program? So we added a couple challenges to challenges our, <laughs> for ourselves rather than just do something in music that gets impressions, right? We never back down from a challenge. <laughs> so with that, we created a program called Share the Code, Hit the Road. Essentially, we created a once-in-a-lifetime event and with an artist, and that happened to be Zach Brown. We pulled in Cirque du Soleil, so it was really a once-in-a-lifetime theatrical uh, experience. And the only way in was through acts of kindness. And so we started with two fans. We gave them codes. They were able to download those codes on a site uh, that we built. Um, those codes were good for a ticket to the show, a car rental, and two additional tickets to share with friends who needed picked up. They've had a rough year. They were a teacher. They're somebody going through cancer treatments. Um, we, we collected all of those stories, and so on the campaign microsite, right, you can see acts of kindness being spread across across the country as tickets were being redeemed. We had people from over 40 states come into the event, um, all traveling, which is really in line with uh, Enterprise's um, target audience, which is the travel enthusiast. So they drove from all 40 states, came in for this event, and you could see, uh, even at the event, how everyone was connected, uh, which was really fun to see. So that program, uh, we then did again this past year with one republic in Joshua Tree. Uh, and so it was a big concert in the middle of the desert. And again, everyone was there because of these acts of kindness. And so we've trained consumer behavior that they know how to get this code, the only way you can get it through enterprise. And the most exciting part about this program for me, just as a market, someone who always thinks marketing and ROI, uh, is that the brand was mentioned more than the artist in the social conversation. Never have I been to a concert event where a brand was mentioned more than the act on stage. Yeah. Um, and, and it was because people connected with the purpose. They understood why they were there. They understood the purpose of the brand. Um, and, and they understood the, we'll pick you up meant more than just a slogan. Uh, and so that to me was one of my favorite programs and really delivered, uh, on the objectives. Oh,
0: no, that's, that's really amazing. I, um, not necessarily that this has to be the case, but I'm curious as to whether the purpose-driven component of it had any impact or carried any weight or mattered at all. I guess to the talent, like did it? Did it? Did, were they interested? Excited? Was it the difference between being involved in a corporate and not being involved? Like, is there any color there? You provide?
1: absolutely. I mean, I sat in meeting rooms uh, with Zach. I'll say with Zach Brown and. He asked that question What makes Enterprise different from Kentucky Fried Chicken? Mm-mm. Why would I partner with Enterprise? Because at the end of the day, a dollar's a dollar. And to be frank, the dollars, I mean, Zach's been quite successful, right? It's not about the money at that level anymore. It's about what is a unique experience I can provide to fans. We delivered on that with the Cirque de Soleil integration. That's something he couldn't have potentially done himself. We could bring that to the table. Uh, so that was exciting. But then also, what is the impact and what is the footprint and what is the message I'm sending? And uh, we have some case studies up on our website, but in in that particular case study, Zach talks about how meaningful it was to do something that had a longer lasting effect than a one time concert. Like you literally could read these stories and know why everyone was there and you could feel it in the audience. And Ryan Tedder, we worked with One Republic, uh, commented on stage too about how this was the best event he had ever done, because he knew why everyone was there, and it just felt good. Like it felt like positive energy. I think they can feel that.
0: Yeah, and that's incredible for the brand partner to have the artist commenting like mm-hmm. that, especially if it's unscripted or um, not entirely prompted. That that's really an organic value add that that probably you can't put a dollar on. So, um, help me understand. So now, uh, if if you're if you're able to get in the time machine. It's late February, early March. Um, the news about COVID is percolating. Nobody knows how seriously to take it. Um, when was when did you start to feel in your bones or in your other indicators that this thing was serious and was going to have an impact on your business, your clients, your employees? Can you put yourself back in yeah. the run-up to that?
1: I can. I know exactly where I was. Uh, Mid-February is when I raised the flag, which was premature because it hadn't really Maybe I had come to the U.S. I think no one knows that for sure right now, but but companies weren't talking about it. Um, no one was buying masks yet. I have several friends who had become concerned who live not in the U.S. So they were making me aware and encouraging me to prepare. And so I did mid early Feb. it was almost early February, communicated to my team that just personally they needed to be prepared for what might come. Um, And I was told by several that I was an alarmist (laughs) and you know, I owned it. Okay, that's fine, but I'd rather be prepared for something that may come. So we started thinking early February, how we could potentially shift our programs if something were to happen. And that was a lifesaver because we were planning South by Southwest for a lot of clients and in our contracts, in our vendor agreements, At that point we wrote in a lot of clauses to protect from something like this which traditionally what pandemic wasn't in uh legal contracts so anyway we prepared our clients and protected our clients so we were able to transition south by uh to virtual solutions or to other campaigns so we were really lucky because we were early so we started transitioning probably late february or at least putting together plans or options uh, something that's wonderful about how we're set up internally is that we have a creative team, a PR team, an experiential team, a digital social team, a media team, and a tech team. So we're not, like a lot of agencies may just be experiential. They really took a hit. That's only one of six parts of our agency. So we're able to shift then to really focus on virtual and tech and digital and content and social. And we weren't affected and we were able to help our clients shift there as well. So, um, it, it was a lot of work, <laughs> uh, cause you know, replanning campaigns takes time. Uh, but we were able to move really quickly for our clients and have. some.
0: Does that mean, um, in sort of at the most base level, you were able to preserve billings?
1: Yeah. Well, so it's interesting depending on the category, right? So we had some clients who um, like Norwegian Cruise Lines is an example, right? They obviously were one of the first that were affected. Um, So we had to pause some things for them uh, early on. We had other clients had to furlough their staff. So some spending paused. There was another category of clients that just dove right in tech companies, gaming, Liquor is doing really well right now, right? So there's some companies that dove into this and saw it as an opportunity. Um, And then we had a, a number of new clients come to us who realized that entertainment and pop culture were the way to reach consumers or are the way to reach consumers and wanted to understand what the options could be. So really, it was different across the board. At this point, everyone's come back. Um, they're spending again. We're starting to explore what the rest of the year, Q3 and Q4, look like. So I'm feeling really good about the rest of the year, but we haven't lost any clients.
0: Outside of South By, did you lose like uh, tours or physical events that you had um, campaigns planned around?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. any, any live event, any concert event, any festival, all the festivals, obviously – Um, through the end of the year. Uh, And so we just transitioned that programming uh, or if we had talent deals that were built around an event, we transitioned it to a virtual event or something else that the talent was excited about. And so everyone was, I think the, the good news about this collective experience is, and I hate to say we're all in it together, but it's true. We're all experiencing it in the same way. And so there's an understanding of we're going to work together to help everyone get through it. And I've never, when something's terminated, that's usually not the case, but in this case, uh, you know, the contracts kind of went to the wayside and everyone said, we're in, we're going to be good partners to everybody. Let's figure it out together.
0: Yeah. I think what's interesting about that um, is that it's not like, I mean, to your point, to say it a slightly different way, it's not like this was just happening to you or just happening to Nashville and I could take my book of business and just go down the street to somebody else. Like there was no somebody else. Um, Now it might change regionally a little bit as we start to emerge, but I think that that's a, that's a, um, it's a very relevant point that the the playing field was extraordinarily level um, at least on the business side, Um, not necessarily the socioeconomic impact, but um, so would you be um, willing to maybe share a campaign that sort of was Tailor made for these times, you know, something that you guys had to come up with um, that maybe you otherwise would not have done.
1: Yeah, I'll give an another Bumble example. Actually, uh, I'll give two examples. One is from Bumble. Um, obviously, they're a dating app, and people meet online, and then the natural next step is to meet in person. That obviously can't happen, and so the good news is Bumble already had features. They had a video uh, chat. Um, feature in the app so you could virtual date. That existed. So we repositioned our marketing and our focus on that feature. They launched a number of other features to complement that. And so to announce that we partnered with Tiffany Haddish in common. Um, they uh, had not really come forward with their relationship or friendship, etc. And so we decided this was a great partnership for Uh, Tiffany and Common to actually do a virtual date and at the time there was no production you can't send in crews that's not available so we just gave them uh, the cameras and said you capture the experience how you would actually have a virtual date and so the opportunity for brands and still in this time is creators are sitting at home wanting to create. So give them the tools to create and let them create. It's the best content you're going to get back. It was the most successful campaign, um, one, or one of the most successful that Bumble's ever ever had, um, because everyone loved seeing the authentic at-home life of these folks that we usually don't get to see behind the curtain. Uh, and through this campaign, they did. And it was a respectful, a fun, creative date. They ordered food. They danced. They watched movies together, all the things that... I would say us common folk <laughs> do as well. And I think it really um, resonated uh, with consumers. And so that was one of the most successful, again, campaigns, where we wouldn't normally have never given carte blanche <laughs> to talent to create what they wanted. But uh, in this case, it turned out really well.
0: Yeah, that's really neat um, on a, on a lot of levels. I love the idea that Bumble also had like a product solution, mm-hmm. you know, because what as you were speaking earlier i I was thinking how did this impact bumble um i didn't realize they have the video component i mean that's just like that's such a that's like served right up that's a that's a wonderful campaign to be able to execute and to your point about being able to let the talent or the creative people do what they do that just rings of the that the authenticity word again that's a fun campaign that's that's phenomenal
1: Sure, and the give back component of that campaign is that they ended up donating meals to hospital workers and made donations to restaurants uh, in their local community, small businesses uh, who are obviously being affected by people not being able to go on dates. So we wanted to give funds and grant grant and money to help those businesses out. So again, always always integrating that component. Um, Another program I wanna mention is a campaign called Gratitudes. Uh, We launched it for Vanderbilt. University Medical Center, who's a client of ours. I'll tell you the the reason why we launched this program is I, early on, was exposed to COVID. And they had called me in for testing. And so I went into the tent. This is early on. um, And it was a really scary experience. At that point, little was known about the virus. It had maybe been in the US only one or two weeks. Um, and so I walked in and everyone's fully covered and it was silent and, you know, everyone's wearing masks. You can barely see the human. Uh, and it was such a frightening experience for me that I thought, what can we do to make this um, more calming or at least bring uh, some fun or joy? I mean, these people, these nurses and doctors have to work here for 16 hours a day. At least I could just walk in and walk out. Uh, But how can I help create a better experience for them? And so obviously working in music, I know that music can lift spirits um, and bring joy and and encouragement. And so we created a platform where uh, consumers um, or people could log onto the platform. They could donate a song uh, to a playlist, and that song was then played in testing centers and in the hospitals at Vanderbilt. Further, it was put on a public playlist that anyone could access, and a lot of other hospitals ended up picking that up as well. And then we had an artist a day donate a gratitude, an actual live performance on the platform um, for 30 days. We had reached we had uh scheduled about 30 artists, 85 ended up contributing. Um, oh. Ended up becoming a, a really big campaign. Thousands of notes and donations and songs and letters were were donated uh, to these frontline workers. Um, we ended up Brad Paisley ended up doing a pop in uh, live stream to the hospital. Uh, there's a live stream concert coming up, so that platform has really grown. Um, and it was a really innovative site. There we pulled in Spotify's API. They were great partners. Uh, so. We turned that in eight days. Eight days from the time I walked into the testing center to the time we launched it. Um, So I'm really proud of that program, too.
0: Phenomenal. So I'm going to assume that um, those are just a couple of representative examples of the types of things you've been doing for the last few months. And your business is coming along. You guys are, you know, you're you're scrappy. You're doing what it takes to keep your momentum, to keep your partnerships intact. And now um, we go back two weeks ago and um, we're faced with a situation that is sort of much more difficult to uh, commercialize, if you will, to even wrap your head around How do you as a company made up of employees and a community internally that you care about address and deal with that as well as what's, is there a tangible impact on your business and your partners? So can you talk a little bit at all about that?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about George Floyd. I just want to make sure we're on I'm that. talking about
0: the murder of George Floyd,
1: yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure we're talking about the same thing.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry to be okay. circumspect.
1: No, that's okay. Yeah, so that kind of happened over a weekend. Uh, and so Monday morning, we called our whole team in and had an open dialogue about, one, as an organization – How can we be better? Let's be introspective and see what we can do. Out of that came a few action items. Um, One is obviously we participated in Blackout Tuesday. That was really led by the music industry. Uh, And in that, we thought, well, we understand the purpose of that day of solidarity, but we wanted to do more. And we were hearing from the industry that more people were looking for some action everyone wants to do something and when we think about our business really entertainment pop culture and music is really built on the black community and music and we thought well we have the privilege of taking this day off and what if instead we donated our paychecks from this day to organizations that are fighting for racial equality so we committed to do that as an organization uh, and Others, we were hearing were wanting to do the same thing, so we created something called DonateMyWage.org, and it's a site you can go to, calculate your wage for the day, and there are 10 organizations you can then donate to uh, that are all fighting for racial equality, Um, and you can share that, etc. We put it out there into the world just to do a good thing and and use our tools and our skill set to do what we could, um, and I'm not able to announce it here, but there is a uh, celebrity who saw that and is wanting to adopt that now and is going to make a pretty large commitment and carry that platform on, uh, which is amazing and the best gift to us to know that something that we did just to put out into the world to help others is, is going to live on. Um, so that was one thing that we did. Obviously, education, educating ourselves, educating our clients, bringing in resources to do that, and then advising our clients on how to navigate this. You know, first and foremost, they have got to make sure they're doing the right things internally before externally. And that is my advice to all my clients. And so that's really where our conversations start. And it looks different for every brand because they're all in different places. Um, And so we're working through that right now with all of our clients.
0: Yeah. What's your sort of prognosis for um, maybe, you know, to a certain extent, flight view, but a little bit more broadly as you pull back, what do you see for the next three, six, nine, twelve 12 months as the world reemerges? Um, will it be fits and starts? Is it going to be a steady incline? You know, what's your, uh, how, how are you guys planning for, for what's next?
1: Yeah, a lot of people ask me, what is it like post-COVID or when everyone goes back? And I don't agree with that statement because I don't think there's going back. I like how you phrase that as you, uh, as things continue to evolve <laughs> and emerge, how do you adapt? Because that's how we view this. Um, I think if, if brands or uh, partners are waiting till something goes back, they're gonna be out of business, right? You have to adapt it and move with what's happening in the world. I'd say, if looking at how people are adapting and moving with, yes, live shows and events are gonna come back into play. They kind of already have. There's some small um, intimate gatherings and performances happening. There's drive-ins, et cetera. But you also have to consider what we've just walked through is the virtual space. I don't think that's going away. Now when you build programs, which you should have always thought about, but they can't be one-dimensional. They have to be multidimensional. So there might be an in-person event or a small secret show or whatever it might be. You also have to build virtual legs around that. You have to have a PR component. You have to have content. You have to think of things holistically. And I think that's what this time has taught a lot of folks, where they were solely focused on... One lane or one strategy, or we just show up at festivals. I hear that a lot. Our brand shows up at festivals. Well, that you put all your eggs in one basket, so that's pretty risky. We always advise our clients on never a one-dimensional strategy, um, and so I think that's the learning. That's what you're going to see: um, more AR, more VR, um, isometric mapping. I mean, there's so many things, so many tools out there that. Brands have picked up and they're starting to use. I'm excited by that. I'm encouraged by that. We're working on a few of those platforms now, uh, and so I just think it fast-forwarded the innovation. Um, and for us, for someone like me, an entrepreneur, that's that couldn't be more exciting.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really strong point. I, I would also extend that by saying it took some things that were around for a while, but have kind of lost their purpose. Like I think about, you know, live streaming or the webcast or the the video chats, you know, we're going on over 20 years of having these in one form or another, but there had never, the killer app kind of came and went. They were just promo tools. And now I think um, you're right. These things won't go away. Um, Creatives are thinking about them differently. They're even thinking about their social media differently fact that it can be more candid. It's less scary to just show up and do a story or do a quick video. Um, whereas six months ago, it was hard to get artists to to peel back the layer a little bit. Um, and I think, yeah, you're right. It's going to be just a new there. These are going to be new creative mediums and it's going to be really interesting to see how they get used and how they get bolted onto the other components. Um, it is a, it's an incredible opportunity. Um, and to your other point, anybody who's sitting around waiting, there's nothing to be waiting for. It's, the, the world didn't stop. It slowed down considerably. The, the look of it changed, but there's a lot to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. And what I've tasked my team with is perhaps in the past, we've come up with option A and B for the client. We now have to come up with option A through F because we don't know the fa- the outside factors over the next three to six months So we have to think, are people at home? Are they gonna be out? Is there gonna be a mix? We don't know any of those items yet to be determined. So we have to come up with programs that work no matter what. And that is a unique challenge uh, that we've not had to think about before. So it's flexing a new muscle. And uh, I think that is an exciting challenge for me. Can you create a program that will be successful no matter the medium?
0: Yeah, that's a great brief
1: to put, uh,
0: put before the team. Uh, I really like that. I want to thank you so much for uh, taking time to tell us a little bit about your business. And, yeah, <laughs> they do, they go fast. Thank you so much, Laura, Natalie, and the team at Flightview. And thank you for listening to Spotlight On. Remember, we're available from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most anywhere else podcasts can be snatched from. Spotlight On is produced and edited by Craig Snyder. A big thank you to Aunt Taylor and the entire team at Light. If you're interested in what we're up to at Light, visit Light.com. That's L-Y-T-E dot com. And please, keep your feedback coming. Reach me at L-P at Light.com. Thank you for listening, be safe, and stay in touch.